All right, Ryan. What we're about to give these folks right now it might be my favorite live event that we've ever done. Well, dude, it, in in our defense, man, uh, Canada always always usually has pretty awesome events. Man. Always usually does. Always usually. I agree. And so, um, but Edmonton, there was just something about this event. It was like the culmination or six cities uh, up there, and it was just everything was was firing on all cylinders, as they say, and man, I just felt really good about it. And in fact, it, I felt so good about it. It's been a problem after that. Cause I was, I found myself, especially initially comparing every event after that, like, <laughs> okay, how can I make it just as good as Edmonton? At the end of all the other events after the Canada wave, you're like, dude, that was not as good as the Canada wave. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we dive into that though, a couple of really exciting announcements. We just announced the Australia and New Zealand tour. So we're, yeah. we're headed over uh, to that side of the world in March. You can find all the tickets and information over at our website, theminimalists.com. And uh, just click on the tour button. You'll find the four cities, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, and Auckland. And uh, man, I will tell you this. Most of our events in the United States and Canada are selling out and our audience in Australia is even bigger. So all four of these will sell out. If you want tickets, please go grab those right now. We're also finishing up the rest of the North American tour. We're going to be in Ohio, Texas, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., Georgia, Florida, Michigan, and Wisconsin. We have 10 more stops this year. And so you can find all the details of that. Lessisnow.com. All right, Ryan, I hope they enjoy this outstanding episode of the Minimalist Podcast Live. They, they usually always do, man. How do you know this? <laughs> Look at our ratings. <laughs> enjoy the show. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hey, y'all, let's record a podcast. Live from the University of Alberta, welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists, live in Edmonton. Wow, you all are the best. Thank you so much. We got a microphone set up for you right over here. So uh, now is a good time. Instead of calling up is what we usually do. But if you called us right now, we wouldn't be able to answer. <laughs> and so uh, you can uh, just step on up to the mic. We'll answer some questions. And uh, I brought a bag of answers. <laughs> can I borrow some of those? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Perfect. Howdy. What's your name? Hi, I'm Roberta. Hey, Roberta. Hi. Um, Where are you from? I am from a tiny little hamlet called Fallis, so it's west of Edmonton on your way to Jasper. Okay. So, blink, you'll miss it. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm so glad you guys are here. I feel like you're my big brothers, like Aww. only like a year or two, so don't feel too bad. <laughs> um, but I honestly have to tell you that your documentary changed my life. and. Um, 
You might not be comfortable with that praise, but it really did. Um, I suffered horribly with postpartum depression after both of my children. And um, I don't know how your documentary caught my attention on Netflix, but it did. And so I watched it and instantly I was like, this is what I need. And I went crazy and I was getting rid of stuff left, right and center. And the more I got rid of, the better I felt. And every time I boxed something up or took it out of the house, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And it was amazing. And I am so grateful for that. I tell everyone about you. I dragged my friend here. She had to sit back by herself because I'm up in the VIP. <laughs> <laughs> What's your friend's name? Jillian. Jillian, welcome to our cult. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it's just a joke for those of the rest yeah. of you who are... Who are, who are Don't worry, uh, Jess won't be passing out any Kool-Aid <laughs> later. Um, Thank you for that, for that praise. I really appreciate yeah. it, and I'm, I'm grateful that we're able to make a difference. Yeah, Absolutely. and I gotta say, like, that feels the same every single time. It's funny because when I look back like on the things that I used to look forward to, like you know, a bigger promotion or a bigger paycheck or uh, you know, a, an upgrade or a new car or you know, buying a house, whatever it was, um, it, all those things were very ephemeral. Mm -hmm. But like this, that, that compliment, it feels the same every single time. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, so I do have an actual question. Actually, <laughs> two. First of all, Ryan, did Jess straighten your hair tonight? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Lynn Williams is around here somewhere. Where is she at? Uh, she occasionally handles our social media as well. Yeah. Uh, she's actually live tweeting tonight, so if uh, any of you have Twitter or the other socials, uh, we're at The Minimalists on all of those, and she like shares all of our pithy, pithy or obnoxious answers. <laughs> So uh, what's your second question? Uh, my second question is for you, primarily Josh. Um, I know you've been doing the ketogenic diet, yeah. and I have been looking into it, and I'm at a loss of where to start. I kind of OCD need a little bit more direction as to what I should eat or should avoid or, you know, kind of some rules to start. <laughs> yes. Um, consult your doctor before... <laughs> Getting any health advice um, from a guy who doesn't understand much about <laughs> diet. Um, <laughs> so, for those of you who haven't listened, I, uh, I've recently found, I've had a lot of issues, but I have mercury poisoning, and that's the reason I'm, I'm embarking on something called a ketogenic diet, which is a really high fat diet. It's 75% uh, fat, 20% um, uh, pro, uh, protein and what five percent carbs somewhere around there, and um, which is it sounds awesome. I can eat fat all day, <laughs> and and it's really hard. You're like, oh, mm, macadamia nuts again for dinner, <laughs> and a cup of olive oil. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe not so tasty. Yeah, yeah, no, well, but it, it really feels like food is fuel. But I've experienced. A few things, uh, great side effects that I didn't intend, although I know I've heard this from other people. Um, so first off, the, the, the things that I'm doing, I can tell you what I'm doing, I can't tell you what you should do. Yeah. Uh, I, I track my, my macronutrients on an app called MyFitnessPal. Yeah, I, 
I, I have no affiliation with them whatsoever. It's just um, my partner Rebecca is a dietitian, and, and um, she she runs a great uh, website called minimalwellness.com, and uh, she is you know I've been her guinea pig, but in a good way. <laughs> Uh, she, I, I just feel really grateful because I have someone who's really supportive and also understanding. Uh, but what I can do with, with this diet is, is detox from this mercury poisoning that I have. That's the main objective. But I'm leaner than I've ever been, which has been a great uh, benefit. But, but then also I, I've experienced this, and Ryan's been doing it while we're on the road as well, just to be really supportive. Uh, mental clarity. Can you talk to the, I mean, I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but to me, like, I've, I've, I've felt this, this clarity. I didn't mean that to be funny, but I, as soon as I said it, I realized. <laughs> no, it, it is true. It's like, well, here's how I look at, at diet. Um, it's like every decision you make with your diet, it has like this little bit of, of an incremental effect on your overall health and, and especially how you feel mentally, how you feel physically. And I'll say with the ketogenic diet, um, like I haven't had, <laughs> I haven't had any like cupcakes or anything in the last few weeks. <laughs> and look, I don't eat a lot of cupcakes, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, my partner Mariah, um, she could eat cupcakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and like never gain a pound. <laughs> so yeah, and I like totally admire like this uh, metabolism that she has. But like, she will bring them home every once in a while, and I'm like. Oh, it's just one cupcake. I'll just go ahead and eat it. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, um, yeah, what, what it, so not eating the sugar, because that's really kind of the main thing I, I realized. is like, oh, wow, like I am eating an extremely uh, less amount of sugar now that I'm doing this ketogenic diet. So I think uh, cutting sugar out, which literally, like they have done studies on this, and it, will, it literally kills you. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. slowly. It's, it's, uh, it, is, it is something that um, you, you grab like a can of Coke, and it's got 30 grams of sugar. I'm probably, it's probably 28 grams of sugar, somewhere around there. Um, you, a, a, an average man should have only about 30 grams of sugar in a day. And uh, especially in America, like the average is, is well over that. So I've noticed that cutting out sugar helps. Um, but yes, like having your body burn fat definitely helps give a, a, a little bit more clarity. And just eating some like wholesome, uh, like really basic foods um uh like t t when we went to lunch earlier we were at the store and and uh it was a grocery store and we literally like bought a couple ribeyes and like had them grill them up and then we just ate them like no seasoning no salt no nothing and it was delicious but i think when you know when you eat wholesome foods uh that w without the sauces and the sugars and the salts and all and all the all the additives um, I think that has a little bit uh, to do with the mental clarity as well. So I, it, it, I would say I don't get hungry anymore yeah, either. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get to a point where you're like, okay, it's time to eat. It's time to put fuel in this meat vehicle that I'm walking <laughs> around with. And, um, and, and you sort of treat it that way. And it's like, oh, well, my macronutrient ratio is, is this, and I need to make sure I get an adequate amount of fat. But it's, it's virtually no carbs. You, you learn that, I mean, so it's fewer than 25 grams of carbs a, a day, which is... Which goes really quick. Which is essentially zero. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, a few resources for you. Um, go, if you haven't listened to it already, there's, there's a, a doctor named Don D'Agostino, yeah. and he is like a keto expert. Find the podcast he did with Rhonda Patrick. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's also a genius, and you'll have to like stop and take notes. 
but it'll be really helpful. And, and they'll give you some guidance for sure. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the question. Hi, Josh and Ryan. Howdy. Hello. What's My name's Tim. I'm from uh, Barhead area. Welcome. I, I just had some, a question. I need some advice. I have a family that uh, likes to hoard antiques and family heirlooms and that kind of stuff. And since I'm the oldest male in my family, I get to inherit everything, which I don't want at all. Um, it's furniture, books, photographs, lots of family memorabilia that's been in there for 100 years. Or so so who are you inheriting this from? My father's side and my mother's side. Okay. When you say side, I mean, it sounds to me, there are like just heaps of family members who are heaping hoards of sentimental items onto pretty, you? Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't doubt it. I'm just trying to understand the, the, the problem. So, so how have you communicated this? How, how have you communicated your, your desire to not have these, uh, not to be buried in their stuff? I, I've had conversations with my mother and I said, you know, if you could give this to my sister, that would be great. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Because <laughs> uh, I think, oh, problem solved there. But my dad, it's because it's the, I'm the male with the, the surname, so I have to have it to continue it on in the family, which I really don't want. And I've kind of tried to ease it in, in him into this, but uh, it's not going very well. well. Last night we were in um, Calgary, and we, were, we do this uh, hug line, book signing line after the fact. And, this lady came up to me and she goes, I really want to talk to you about your pencil dick. <laughs> and I was like, how does she know you got a pencil dick? <laughs> and when she said, I said, I looked at her seriously, I said, what? And she goes, it's okay, I'm an English teacher. I don't know if you're confused right now. <laughs> but in that moment, I felt compelled. My first instinct was, how do I prove to this woman I don't have a pencil dick? <laughs> and of course, I'm thinking that like, there's a line of people. And if I were to prove it somehow, I would be arrested this evening. <laughs> So I had to figure out what she was talking about, and it really meant that I needed to do a better job of listening and also communicating with her. And what she actually said was, I need to talk to you about your pencil grip. I am an English teacher, and you're holding your pencil incorrectly, is what she meant. <laughs> And so what I had to do was work harder to better understand what she was trying to say. And with your father, what is he actually trying to communicate? Because there's a thing, and you may not be able to answer this right now, but it's something you're gonna have to figure out. Why does he want to pass these on to you? Because saying no to him is going to be something you can do. Saying no to him without hurting his feelings is gonna be something that's a little bit more intricate. And I think it's going to involve really understanding not what he wants, but why he wants to pass that on to you. 
The way I look at it is I think he wants the legacy to continue, the family legacy of these items. That's still the what, though. It's not the why. And I think we keep getting deeper. We'll, we'll get a few more layers of what or how, but eventually we'll get to the why. And, and, and part of that's fear of death. Uh, I, I think part of it is is not understanding that on a long enough timeline, everything is ephemeral. So like all of these sentimental items, you know, when the sun burns out, they all go away anyway, right? And at some point before them, they also become less relevant. Uh, they're, they're already not relevant to you. And so you also, once you are able to understand his why, you need to find a way to also communicate your why to him in a way that he can understand it. Not in a way that you would want to hear it, but in a way that, that, that he would want to hear it. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is you are the legacy. It's not the stuff. So, you know, how can you, how can you show your, your father that? That, that it's, it's not about you know, hanging on to a bunch of accoutrements and furniture. And really, I mean, if it's, I'm just imagining someone giving me like a really old like record player, like, hey, your grandpa had this. And I would just be like, oh, this is great. Um, this is really cool, but I'm not cool enough to listen to records. <laughs> so I'd probably find someone who, who, who did listen to records. And I would try and add value to someone else's life through that, that, that particular item. Um, yeah, having that conversation is definitely gonna be difficult with your dad, but finding the, where he's coming from, the why to, and, and having him understand where you're coming from, the why to, like that is ultimately what's gonna help you Maybe not have like a perfect scenario, but, but maybe something that's more ideal for the both of you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, brother. Howdy. Hello. What's your name? I'm Megan Parker Quinn. Megan. I'm um, a striving minimalist. I've recently gone from a three-bedroom house to a one-room apartment with Congrats. my two kids. Thank you. It's very fresh start feeling. Um, That's impressive with two kids. Yes, yeah, we did a packing party for the kids. Bravo. That's instead of going through all the emotional. What, what ages? Uh, they are eight and five. They're pretty, probably pretty excited about that. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a whole new adventure for them. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I yeah, heard a few are. people like scoff at that, like uh, verbally, um, um, <laughs> which tells me more about you. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I can tell you, the kids. They love getting rid of shit. Once you've instilled, once you've instilled that habit into them, yeah. sometimes you can't stop them. And I'm like, wait, 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 that's, that's mine. Why are you getting rid of my yeah. stuff? And Ella's like running around, well, it's easy to get rid of your stuff. Let's donate it. Yeah, there's been a lot. Any empty like receptacle has now been full of, like they put stuff in there now because they're like, oh, it's a donation bin. I'm like, no, that's our laundry basket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I find myself after getting rid of so many things that I'm actually really surprised about how I'm not really missing as much as I thought I was going to. And I was wondering if you guys found after your minimalism adventure, if there was something that you did that you were surprised at missing or not missing. Man, I remember how upset Josh was when he 
was finally missing his Fabergé egg collection. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wait, you did, know. Do people have collections of Fabergé eggs? I think so. I thought that was like you bought one. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about Fabergé <laughs> eggs. <laughs> um, you know, I, no. I mean, the short answer is no. Um, anything I got rid of, uh, especially the just-in-case items, like... Oh man, I, I, so we worked for a telecommunications company. I had a ton of cell phones that I would get, I'd try out, and then like working for the company, they let you keep it. And you know, when that phone was brand new, it was like 500 bucks. And uh, I would put that in a drawer because I'm like, well, this is worth $500. I'm not going to like just throw it away. Maybe I can give it away to someone, uh, so forth and so on, or maybe I can sell it. And I remember um, going through everything after the packing party and I came across like, you know, five or six cell phones. And in my head, I'm like, man, this is, dude, this is worth like, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> well, first I realized like, wait a minute, um, these cell phones are a couple years old. There's no way I'm ever gonna get <laughs> the original retail value out of the cell phone. Um, and if, I tried to sell them. I like looked on eBay to see what some of the phones were selling for, and they weren't selling for even fifty dollars. Mm -hmm. um, so, at that point, I kind of looked at the stuff, and I'm like, you know, most of this is sunk cost. Like, even though I've invested, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into all of this stuff that was sitting in my living room, none of it, I, I can never get that 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 back. So, I kind of had to look at it like it it was a sunk cost. And, uh, you know, even like the small stuff, um, little cables that came with the phones or that came with a certain t uh, piece of technology that I got or like, <laughs> the, like the, the amount of warranties and like boxes I had from stuff that I had purchased, it, it, was, it was astounding. You had a closet of, of I remember the, when we were doing the packing party, a closet of empty boxes that used to have, I mean, it was like the, the coffins. That, yes. Uh, <laughs> for stuff. Of all the coffins of the my empty stuff. empty coffins. Yeah, and, and I'm like, well, but like twinging though, like, oh man, I don't want to throw that warranty away. I don't want to throw that box away. Or I don't want to throw that extra part away. But then I'm like, dude, I live in the 21st century. Like this stuff is it's pretty accessible. Like I don't have to hold on to all of, all of these things. And I, and I think that's why uh, a lot of people, including myself, we hang on to a lot of stuff. It, it does go back to that, that just in case, or maybe there's, there's this perceived value uh, that, that I had over it. But when I finally got the, the leverage to let go of all of that stuff, like I, I really haven't ever looked back and thought, man, why did I get rid of you know, X, Y, and Z? I, I wish I had like a, a really sexy answer for that question. <laughs> But, but uh, I, I don't, because um, at the end of the day, the things I have in my life now, like they do serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. they, they bring me joy, um, where I, I couldn't say that about myself seven years ago. I, I was, earlier today, I was walking down to the North Saskatchewan River, and um, <laughs> I, uh, I was, is it a beach? I got lost on the trails back there, and I was like, oh shit, like, they're gonna be looking for me at nine o'clock tonight. 
Uh, I was just like hiking these random trails, but I was walking on my way there. I, I was walking through campus and I saw a bunch of kids who were playing cricket. And so I stopped and, and I just stood there mesmerized because it's sort of like American baseball, right? But it's not at all. It, there's a ball and a stick involved and that seems to be the extent of it. But it was so foreign to me when I'm and I'm just I'm mesmerized by it because it seems so strange and like I could never figure it out. But although clearly, you once you once you start playing and participating, you start understanding the game uh, a lot more. And I found for me that minimalism was really similar. Like it seemed so extreme or so foreign, or like I could be an observer of this really easily but participating in it seems impossible. But once I started participating in it, I'm like, oh, I get the hang of this, this is no problem. And, and so once I got that momentum, I felt like I almost got good at minimalism in a way. And because I, it, for me, it didn't just, you know, I was talking about it earlier during the talk that we gave, it wasn't just about the stuff, right? It was about all of the things beyond the stuff and, and, and really the questions that started coming out. Does this add value to my life? And asking that so many times that it became less of an intellectual exercise and more of this sort of uh, emotion that you feel like when you look at something, you can kind of know like, yeah, if I'm being honest with myself, that's, it's not really adding value to my life. Can I ask you, um, do you or your kids, like, do you have anything that you got rid of and you're like, oh, shit, I can't believe we got rid of that? No, and I think that's what surprises me the most, that I've been slowly minimalizing for, like, over six months, and I don't, I don't miss any of it, like, at all, which really surprises me. So it's funny because I'm like, the one time we were talking about it earlier, like, like fuck, I like, got rid of my potato masher. Now how am I supposed to mash potatoes? <laughs> like, I also have this really nice mixer that I don't ever use that I can use for that. So it's yeah. just, yeah, it just doesn't, I don't miss anything. That, you know what's funny? That is, that's a really good point because I have discovered that too. Like, um, with, with Mariah, I don't think, like, she wouldn't call herself a minimalist. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't tell her, but she's totally a minimalist. <laughs> um, but, like, when I first met her, she had, like, a ton of shoes and, like, a, a ton mm -hmm. of stuff. And when we moved in together... I never told her that, that she had to um, get rid of anything. I never asked her to get rid of anything. Uh, but she, out of respect for me, and because she is so supportive and, and she appreciates who I am, she you know, kind of challenged herself to see what she could kind of let go of. And yeah, she found that like, oh, I've got like three DVD players and two of them don't work. And why do I have a DVD player anyway? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she like get rid of that stuff. But um, to your point of th there were there was some like a potato masher that she got that she had, but then she's like, oh wait a minute, I also have this um, like the KitchenAid mixer type. Yes, thing. that's what I use. It makes yeah. awesome mashed potatoes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I know from experience. <laughs> and hey, that's it, not keto. <laughs> <laughs> it was just once, Josh. Those mashed potatoes didn't mean anything. <laughs> But yeah, it's ama it's amazing how you you find new uses for things yes. uh, when 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 you when you start to uh, simplify a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Thank you. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Proud of you. Before before we move on, for those of you listening to this at home, if you have a comment or tip for anyone who is asking questions today, you can give us a call. Leave us a voice message at four zero six two one nine seven eight three nine. 
or you can send a voice memo right from your phone, uh, podcast at theminimalists.com. It's really my favorite part of the show is when Ryan and I stop talking and we actually get to listen to what other people's tips are for the people who are asking questions, and, and I learn so much from it, and then I can sort of just steal and repurpose their answers later. So thank you for that. Um, uh, Ryan, what time is it? It is time for our hashtag Ask the Minimalists lightning round where we usually answer questions from social media. So Jess, go get my phone. I'm kidding. That would be really weird if we were just up here on our phone answering questions. We won't do that. Let's answer your questions. So we usually try to do this uh, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, at the Minimalists, but uh, and we, we do it with a, a pithy, less than 140 character response. We call them minimal maxims because it sounds more impressive than simple ramblings or something. <laughs> In fact, uh, Jessica started a, a, a little side website for us. Uh, it collects all of our quotes, and there's probably close to a thousand there by now. It's called minimalmaxims.com. So you can, uh, a lot of people are putting that as their, I forgot the name of this again, Ryan. Home screen? No, it's not. Is that it? Well, I love technology. It's, it's, it's a home page. Home page. Thank you. <laughs> the internet. You guys heard of it? Um, <laughs> I love the internet. I remember when we first started our website, and like, I had no clue about anything. Like, I couldn't spell HTML. And, and like, we're trying to cobble this website together. It's uh, late 2010, and I just call Ryan one day after like three weeks. It was his idea to like, hey, let's start putting some of these essays up online. We didn't even know it was called a blog. <laughs> and um, I just call him one day, and I'm like, man, fuck this. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking, what, what's wrong? He's like, I'm done, we're not, this isn't gonna happen. And, and he thought I was calling about something at work because we worked at the same company together. I'm like, I can't figure out how to start a website. Um, it's the reason it looks so simple now is because like we couldn't figure out how to make it any more complex. <laughs> anyway, uh, we made an even more simple website called minimalmaxims.com and, and uh, a lot of people are putting it as their homepage now because every time it refreshes like it's a, a new sort of pithy thing that is not like uh, hopefully not trite or, or vapid. Um, which a lot of quotes that are out there today seem to be. They, hopefully what we, we provide is a bit more practical, so maybe we can give you a, a practical answer. We'll ramble on a bit, but we'll try to wrap it up with 140 characters. Um, my name is Tabitha, and I'm from Edmonton. Welcome. And thanks, well, we'll welcome to you guys. Thank you. Um, I live with my boyfriend, and he bought his townhouse right when his parents were getting divorced, so a lot of the stuff from his parents' house ended up in his house. And then when I moved in with him, my mom was like, yay, you're out of our house. And all of my stuff that was at her house ended up in our house. <laughs> and last year when the Fort McMurray fires were happening, we sat down and asked ourselves, like, if we had to leave our house within like 30 minutes, what would we grab? And the only things we could think of was our three cats in this custom Bobby Orr's flying goal painting that I got them. <laughs> because it's... <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then we kind of started, we like found our documentary and I've been listening to your podcast and we slowly started to minimalize a lot of our stuff. And then his mom was laid off and moved in with us. 
and all of her stuff from her apartment is now in our house. This is Plus, like this is like the the basis of a great sitcom. Right. <laughs> I, I want to watch it. So my question really is how do we navigate minimizing stuff with like without offending the people that like dump their stuff on us <laughs> because before it was easy because when she wasn't living with us we could like oh this came from your parents house just like toss because she's not there but now when I was doing it before I was like taking like a lot of it's like kitchen stuff and she's like oh that was my grandmother's and I gave that to so-and-so when he moved in here and it's like yeah, but we haven't touched it in seven years, so can we, like, get it out the door? Like, it was easier when she wasn't there, so it's kind of like, <laughs> if you don't live with somebody who, like, adopts this minimalist lifestyle, how is it hard, like, how do you navigate getting rid of stuff that's, like, joint stuff, I guess? Like, I can't just go through her room and get rid of her stuff, but, <laughs> but it's, like, joint house stuff. Does that make sense? Quick, 140 characters. Go, Ryan. <laughs> no, no, is, uh, is Fish here tonight? Where are you at, brother? Did you make it here? Oh, he didn't. So there's a... Maybe. Oh. Nope. All right. I see one hit hand, maybe. They were, like, timid. Um, anyway, um, he's a, a journalist for the Edmonton Journal. And a couple of years ago, December 2015, he played our 30-day minimalism game yeah. and documented it in the Edmonton Journal. And um, he, we just, I just did an interview with him uh, last week, and it came out yesterday, I think. And um, he asked great questions, and he's, he's really good at writing about this in a way that captured the how-to, but also the emotional essence of the process. And, and the reason Ryan and I started this, this 30-day minimalism game, for those of you who aren't acquainted with it, it's theminimalists.com slash game. Here's how it works really quickly. You partner up with someone. This is why it made yeah. sense to me. So you partner up with someone else who wants to give away, or wants to get rid of some stuff over the course of a month. And most of us have no idea where to start. That's kind of where you are right now. Yeah. I have no idea where to start. I've got all this stuff. I'm inundated with stuff, and it's overwhelming. So uh, it's sort of the paradox of choice. I'm not going to make any choice. I'm not gonna decide, I'm not gonna start. And so you partner up with someone, friend, family member, coworker, enemy, just someone who's willing to get rid of some stuff. And over the course of the month, you're going to get rid of some stuff. First day of the month, you each get rid of one item. Second day of the month, two items. Third day of the month, three items. Starts off really easy, really slow to get you that momentum you need. By mid-month, it starts to get more difficult. Now, Fish, wherever he is, hiding here in the crowd tonight, he, um, he documented this in photos every single day over the course of, of 31 days. So you see like this stuff piling up around him as he's getting rid of, uh, of these things, accumulating these things. And you realize, like, oh, crap, on day 15, it gets a lot harder. I have to get rid of 15 items, which isn't too bad, but tomorrow I have to get rid of 16 items. And the day after that, it's 17 items. Whoever goes the longest wins. If you all make it to the end of the month, then, then you all win because you've gotten rid of about 500 items. But even more important, you've started to build this muscle of letting go. And so, oh, there's my pithy answer for you. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm tweeting in my head right now, composing. Letting go is a muscle. 
Indeed. Oh, man. Um, you know... Wait, I got it. Letting go is a muscle, so flex it. <laughs> Bonus points. That's good. You know, right. the, hey, uh, Sean, just edit that part out. Let's try this again. All right, here's my pithy answer for you. How about this? Letting go is a muscle. So flex it. Man, Josh, that was such a good, tweetable answer. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thought of it all by myself. The whole time uh, you were saying this story, the, the things that stood out to me was that when you left, your parents were so happy to get rid of your shit. Yeah. And then they moved in, and then your mom moved in with you. No, 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 his mom. Moved I'm sorry, his mom moved in with you to bring her stuff. Yeah. And all I could think is, like, my tweetable answer would be, it doesn't matter if your parents live with you. If it's your house, you get to make the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Howdy. I'm Laurel and I'm from Edmonton. Hey Laurel, how many people are behind you right now? Like five, five or six. Okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna apologize. We're gonna hold two more there, but, but behind Laurel, and because eventually the theater will kick us out. Like literally <laughs> happened to us in Vancouver two nights ago. We're on the street. I'm no joke. Like giving out hugs and signing books, and they're like, "We've got a midnight movie. We have to run. Sorry." Yeah. Like, so, uh, sir, would you want some soup? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So we'll do two okay. more a after Laurel here, but I apologize if folks mind, you will get a hug afterward though. Okay, I'll be quick. How do you navigate Christmases, anniversaries, birthdays for your loved ones who perhaps aren't um, as involved or engaged in this lifestyle? Like I'm thinking of, I, I draw names now with my side of the family and my sister thinks I'm Scrooge and that I've ruined Christmas because of that, because I brought that in for Christmas. Yeah, I, I actually think in terms of gift giving, um, what, what the tendency is, or, or at least what we think is, well, now that I'm a minimalist, I have to say no to gift giving. And, and uh, instead, I say yes to the right kind of gift giving, right? And so instead of the obligatory gift, I like to give gifts on a day that isn't an obligatory gift-giving day. So, well, today is December 25th. Ryan, I bought you these cufflinks. Hope you enjoy them. What, what shiny object did you get for me <laughs> that I'm not going to use? I got you cufflinks, too. <laughs> Wait, you're just giving those cufflinks back to me. <laughs> and, and instead, what, what I'll try to do is find something that adds value to someone else's life and give it to them on the day, on a random day, because they're not expecting it, right? The expectation is zero for a gift, so non-obligatory days. But that said, I also understand that gift giving is sort of a cultural imperative for a lot of people. And thus, instead of saying, no, I'm not going to give you a gift, I will say, yes, I'm absolutely gonna give you a gift, and it's gonna be a deliberate gift. It's going, I'm gonna gift you an experience. And because my pithy answer is, presence is the best present. <laughs> good, man. I think my, my tweetable answer would be, when it comes to gifts, 
set the expectation early and give an amazing gift. So when it comes to your family, it sounds like you have set the expectation. I mean, they're calling you Scrooge, which is kind of bullshit, man, (laughs) because, I mean, honestly, like, if your family loves you and they want you to be happy, like, why would they put you down? No, I know. It's my yeah. sister. She's just joking. But yeah, okay. Because she, she loves right. buying gifts for everyone, and now I've limited her to one person. I like jokes. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and he especially loves passive-aggressive jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but but when, what I have found is when I, when I give gifts now, they actually are so much better than the gifts, the obligatory gifts I used to give. Like now I, I go out of my way to, to find something and it might be a thing or maybe it is an experience or maybe it is a consumable, but something that, that whoever I'm giving the gift to is really, really going to appreciate it. You know what I used to do before? I'd go to the mall like two weeks before Christmas and I'd start walking around looking for inspiration. What an what a unintentional way to give a gift to someone like to walk around and wait till something stands out to you. I mean, that is like probably the least thoughtful way to give a gift. So um, again, uh, just set the expectation early, which sounds like you've done, and, and, and give amazing gifts to the people you love. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, wait right there. We, we will get to you, I promise. Uh, but first, we're going to move on to our added value segment of the show. This is where Ryan and I usually talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. But since we are here in Edmonton, we might as well talk about something in Edmonton that adds value to our lives. Ryan, what has added value to your life recently? <laughs> is it Aubrey? <laughs> no. <laughs> Aubrey? So, so here, here, a few... Let's see, three, whoa, no, this is our, we've done four tour stops in the last five years in, in Edmonton. Yeah. And I can, I mean, I think low-key Edmonton might be my favorite city in Canada. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. I, I've, we've, we've been all over. We've been to every province except uh, Newfoundland and PEI. <laughs> and... Uh, what? What? Newfoundland. Don't say it like that. What, how do I say it? Newfoundland. Newfoundland. <laughs> oh, we're really sorry. How, are we, are we, <laughs> <laughs> we're really sorry about that. <laughs> Ryan, I, I don't mean to sound racist, but there are a lot of Canadians here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the very first time we came up to Edmonton, we, we did a mini Alberta tour. We just did Calgary and Edmonton. Um, and uh, I, I remember this was 20, early 2013. We spoke in the largest mall in North America, <laughs> West Edmonton Mall. Someone just cheered for the mall. It's got a roller coaster in it. Does it? <laughs> Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. Uh, it has a bookstore too, and uh, we 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 were there, and like I couldn't tell you how many people on like Twitter and Facebook were like, "You hypocrites! You're gonna speak in the largest mall," and I'm, and and I'm like, "Where do you want me to go speak at like a Buddhist monastery? You guys need to get rid of your stuff." 
Ryan, these monks, they have so many robes. Uh, like, no, I'd rather, much, much rather put my message up against you know, this sort of rapaciousness of, of overindulgent consumption and let people decide for themselves. Like, we don't want to convert anyone to minimalism, but you can put this message next to that and let people choose for themselves. But after that, we, we, um, we, we've done two stops. Our last two stops were um, at Audrey's Books. Yeah, the... Those have been some of the best events uh, that Josh and I have ever had. Um, not just because like it's a great staff, it's a great bookstore, and like supporting an independent bookstore um, to me it means a lot. There are pl- there are huge, major cities like Dallas, Texas, where there is not one independent bookshop, and uh, that's really sad in, in my opinion. And uh, you know, not just bookstores. And other big but- cities like Regina. But any independent places, I just, I love to support. <laughs> they don't have a... They... I know. <laughs> I don't know why they're laughing. It's really sad. <laughs> no, I, and uh, no, they've just been a couple uh, great, great, great tour stops. Um, the first time someone had ever come up to us and they were like, man, I don't even read books. I've never read a book in my life. But I heard you guys talking on the radio, and I'm here, and I'm gonna read your book. And uh, like, that's one of the biggest compliments that anyone uh, can give us, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, uh, Audrey's books is definitely awesome. If you don't know about it, go check it out and, and support your uh, your local mom and pop places. Yeah, I, I think that you know, especially with with the the sort of internet uh, expansion of of Amazon and everything else, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with 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 Amazon. And, and there's nothing inherently wrong with Amazon or corporations. Um, I think we need community spaces like that. And uh, they provide a service that uh, we can take advantage of and we can support. Um, I was, so what's been adding value to my life here, um, there's a bunch of stuff, but, but I'll tell you, the, the one thing that stands out that I keep going back to every time I come here is there's a restaurant called Nourish. Yeah, and I, I was over there today, and um, man, like, even though I'm on this keto diet, and it's a vegan restaurant, which v- vegan and keto just don't go together, <laughs> but they made it work, and it was so amazing, and so I'm grateful that they're here. I mean, that's one of the reasons I really love Edmonton. I feel like it, it's a city, much like many of the other cities that I love in North America, places like Salt Lake City or Tucson or St. Petersburg, like these cities you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of first as like, the, the world-class city, but they, they have outsized culture for the size of their city. So bravo for that, Edmonton. Yeah. All right, let's move on real quick to, to right here, right now. So we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. If you couldn't tell, we're on tour right now. Um, I know, right? And Canada has been extra supportive. We've sold out all of our our Canada tour stops. This is our last tour stop in Canada. Thank you so much. If you're in the United States, we've got 40 cities total this year. Lessisnow.com. We're going to a bunch of different cities. A lot of those are already sold out. One city that isn't sold out, though, is Houston. And there's an obvious reason for that. I'm sure you all have seen what's going on in Houston lately. Uh, with the floods, over 100,000 houses have, have been devastated. 
and it's going to take years to rebuild uh, the homes and, and that city for, for folks. And uh, Ryan and I, one of the reasons we do what we do is so we can try to contribute beyond ourselves uh, as much as we can. And so we've, we're helping a, we've partnered up with a, a charity called Global Giving, and we found three ways that you all can contribute to that as well. What Global Giving does is 100% of the, the proceeds go directly to the relief fund. It's called the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. And uh, it, it's two uses. One is the immediate sort of needs and the immediate care. So first aid, first responders, stuff like that. But then also, and, and equally important long-term, is the rebuilding efforts. You know, we can't just go help people and then all of a sudden, you know, you're gone and they have nothing to rebuild with. And so uh, they're, they're sort of looking at both ends. And I was really impressed by that. This charity was recommended by the Houston Chronicle, but also by Charity Navigator. They're an extremely reputable charity. And so we decided to partner up with them. And uh, we're doing an event there on November 5th. So if you're listening to us at home, you get a chance to come down to that. 100% of the profits from that are going to the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. If you can't make it to that event, you can also donate directly. You can go to theminimalists.com slash Harvey. And we, we just have a link to the Global Giving site. It doesn't, none of it goes through us or to us or anything like that. It goes straight to Global Giving. Um, so uh, yeah, we're on tour. And then next year, we're going to go Australia and New Zealand. We're going to announce those dates really soon over at lessisnow.com. And uh, after that, who knows? Uh, just make sure you're on our email list over at theminimalists.com, and we'll, we'll always announce it there. The people we announce it to first, though, are the folks who support us on Patreon. Every week now, Ryan and I have been doing a, uh, what well, we do, the, the Minimalist podcast, the regular podcast that shows up in your podcast feed, wherever you listen to podcasts. But also in that same podcast feed, you can get the Minimalists private podcast. We do a separate podcast the day after, it comes out the day after, the, um, the regular podcast, uh, exclusively for the people who are supporting our podcast. Because Ryan and I don't do advertisements. Um, we have one of the biggest podcasts in the world, and it's a really strange thing to say. But um, we, we refuse to do advertisements just because it doesn't align with our personal values. And so we need your help. We're building, we're, we're moving to Los Angeles this month. We're building a podcast and film studio. And uh, the only way we can do that is with your help. And so if you want to contribute on a per episode basis, you can do so over at theminimalists.com. Just click on donate and that will help us build this podcast and film studio, but also gives you a bunch of freebies. Well, you get the whole back catalog, all the private podcasts and live streams that we do every single month and then access to early tickets to any event that we're doing as well. And your support keeps the podcast 100% advertisement free because advertisements suck. <laughs> And so real quick right now, what I'd like to do is a Patreon-only private podcast live in Edmonton. Uh, just to finish up here on, on right here, right now, we are going to be right here, right now. In 20 minutes, we'll be out in, in the lobby or so. Uh, 20 minutes or so, um, we'll dish out hugs, uh, sign books. If you, if you want to buy a book but you didn't um, bring your wallet or you just can't afford one, we're happy to buy one. It's on us. So if you, if you want to walk away with one tonight, uh, let us buy one for you. Um, thanks. I want to thank a couple people before, before we get out of here tonight. Uh, while we're on the road, you know, we have Jessica with us. She does social media and, and uh, French braids Ryan's hair. Um, <laughs> You said you'd never bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
And um, the mashed potatoes, man. That was so long ago, man. You hold it over my head, man. <laughs> How could you? Uh, no, I, uh, we have a bunch of other people on the road with us. We have a tour manager, a road manager. We have a podcast producer, a podcast editor, a, uh, over our website editor, all wrapped up into one outstanding human being. He's our operations guy and all-around wonderful person. Ladies and gentlemen, Podcast Sean is hiding in the shadows yes. up there. We are great for you, grateful for you, my friend. Thank you for being here and for uh, making everything that we do a lot better. And uh, I want to thank the Horowitz Theater for having us here tonight. What a great place, right? Yeah. See, the problem is we couldn't cram like seven or 800 people into Audrey's books anymore. So this was our, our, our next alternative. We'll, we'll get back there at some point. We'll have to do like a tweet up there or something. Um, uh, but last and most important, I, I want to thank, I want to thank you. Um, we know you spent some money to get in here tonight, and that's great because it allows us to, to have a, a nice venue and uh, hire security and staff and, and have Sean and Jess on the road with us. And um, we really appreciate that. But more important, you gave up your two most precious resources. It wasn't money. It was time and attention. And we want to thank you for that. And if you leave here tonight with just one message, actually two messages. <laughs> if you get one of our books, minimize it afterward. You probably don't need to hold on to it, let it collect dust on a shelf. <laughs> but the other message is more important than that, and it's this. Love people and use things, because the opposite never works. Thank you, Edmonton. You guys have been awesome. Josh and Ryan. My name is Rachel. I'm calling from LA. First of all, welcome to LA. We love, hope you love it here just as much as we do. I just wanted to call in and give some feedback to the young lady at one of your live shows asking about getting through college debt-free. Uh, I made it through college debt-free with two bachelor's degrees and it is totally possible and is very much, very much worth it. I hear so many stories from everyone around me about what they can't do or the jobs they don't enjoy but can't leave because they're tied to the income to sustain their college debt payments. In your question, it did sound like you were asking about having the full tuition amount in the bank before starting school. While that would totally be ideal, don't forget, you have the time while you're in school to work and pay as you go. For example, at my college, we were allowed to make three payments a semester to kind of break up that expense. So don't forget, there are so many ways to save money on the normal college expenses and earn money as you go. Good luck. I know you can do it, and it is very much worth it. Hi, Josh and Ryan. This is Jennifer from Upstate New York. I am a longtime listener, and I find a lot of value in what you're doing, so thank you. I wanted to speak to all the parents who have called in looking for advice um, with how to handle their children and all of their things. I have two children under the age of 10, and I think the first thing is what you have already shared, is to be a really good role model. So they've watched me over and over 
um, purge, go through my things, and give to Goodwill almost weekly. So we've done that many times with their rooms, um, and they've definitely learned to give and gotten very good at it. But my first approach with my daughter especially was more of frustration at how chaotic her room was and how she couldn't keep it clean. So I would be upset with her and say, you know, you don't deserve these toys if you can't keep keep them, um, keep your room clean. So that, of course, is not the best approach. So what worked, really worked for me and I wanted to share was that I came up at it from a place of compassion. So finally, I went in her room and I said, Maya, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve to be in this place that you you can't be happy in. You deserve a room that's clean, that is somewhere you can play and enjoy and somewhere that you can find your toys. You really deserve that. And it's so stressful being in a chaotic environment. And I really pushed that message, and I think it really got us to where we needed to be. It helped her get rid of even more toys and the pride on her face day after day now. And when she says to me, Mom, my room is, did you see it? It's still clean, and I can play, and I, and I know where things go. Uh, that has really solidified the idea and the message. So I wanted to share that. My son is really into Legos, and I said that we can't get any more because there are just too many. And so I have offered to him to sell some on eBay. If he would like more, he can sell them on eBay. And, of course, he quickly learned that you do not get as much for them as you initially paid. So I think he's learning to value his purchases more and be more intentional about them. Hi, Josh and Ryan. My name is Laura. I saw you at your Minneapolis event here uh, not too long ago. I was living in Chaska at the time. We've since moved. But I have finished listening to a couple of your episodes, and I recently just finished the budget episode. Um, and that, along with one of your events, brought to mind some things for me. Um, I'm 30 and, until recently, didn't have any debt at all. I got through five years of undergrad, um, bought a car, had lived on my own for the last over a decade, and was able to get through it all without taking on any school loans, car loans, or anything like that. I recently made a decision to take on a car loan payment um, and get myself a new car. I won't say that I regret it, but I certainly learned some things by doing that. I put down over half on the car loan and have been paying it off and working ahead on that. So although I still have some amount of debt, not nearly as much as others I know, and I am working on paying it down. Because I've learned that I don't need to have that car loan with this most recent purchase, I won't be doing this again. However, my call today is more in reference to the school. I was able to get through five years of school without taking out any student loans. I know one of your earlier callers had called asking about how she could do that and get to, like, dental hygienist school, and it is possible. Um, I'm actually looking at going to PA school shortly, and there's an opportunity for me to get through that without going into any debt. It's a three-year program, but through um, Service Corps America, I can work with them, apply for a scholarship through them. I would have to pay them back a certain way, um, and that can certainly be read about on their website, but it's going to hopefully grant me the opportunity to fulfill a dream I've had for a long, long time without taking on any debt. Unfortunately, because of how our society is, when I tell people I don't have any debt, 
I'm often called a liar, which is kind of sad, but I think it speaks volumes to how we live our life now. I just thought you'd be interested to hear that. Thanks so much. Bye. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have you gotta reach for, and you gotta grab. Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it. So tear your eyes.